So this morning we're going to break bread. And, um, and, and, and this is a powerful moment this morning. I feel as we come together to break bread, I went and I walked this morning. Lee said to me, I've got to confess, I didn't get up at 6 and pray and read my Bible and do all the stuff that I normally do. I think it's about 7 or 5 past 7. She says, are you ready for this morning? I said, no. <laughs> and then I got charred, got dressed. I said, I'm going for a walk. I said, Lord, speak to me. I need you to speak to me this morning. I prepared the message, but I haven't been in a space where I would normally operate like I would normally operate. I just felt that I needed to give myself space. And as I walked, three things the Lord reminded me of this morning. The first thing was there was a hot air balloon going up, which I could see across Jürstenberg Flakter. And there was a beautiful morning. I mean, many of you will agree with that. It is a beautiful morning. But I felt the Lord say, Ants, as you come together this morning, that hot air balloon, the balloon was pop. But what needed to happen was they needed to blow the, the hot air into it. And this will be like my Holy Spirit coming this morning. And I'm going to fill you with, your spirit, with, with, with my Holy Spirit. But not just you, the people that are here this morning. And I want to say to you, it doesn't matter where you find yourself this morning. Do you have faith in your heart this morning that when we come together, that God is here with us? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit as the word is being preached, will bring life, and he will bring life to you, and he will fill you this morning, and top up your tanks that might be empty this morning, be it emotionally, physically, spiritually, and could I suggest the overflow could be practically, financially, in areas where there are needs. Do we believe that the Holy Spirit this morning will come and breathe on us, and fill us, and fire us up. Because as the, as the balloon gets filled up, what happens is there's movement. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when we come together. So we need to position ourselves to be under the hand of God and to allow the Holy Spirit to move powerfully in our midst. The other thing that the Lord showed me was when we were in Friedendal, um, the, the home that we stayed with, a couple, Jan and Renschke, they're on a farm and as you drive into the farm, on the one side of the farm, there's a Dira hospital, an animal hospital. And they had some horses there. And I thought, oh, that's very interesting. So they rent out a part of that farm to a vet. And then at the house, what was very interesting, in their back garden, they had a little section um, where they had two little pieces cordoned off. One piece, they had this dog, which is a puppy, being trained to um, get to, to smell and know the sheep, like literally penned off. And that dog doesn't have any people touching it. It becomes a sheep dog that looks after sheep. And I don't want to spend too much time on that, because there's something that I believe God will do with that at a later stage. But that dog needed to spend time with the sheep. No human intervention. They can't go, oh, here's a moi oinky. They don't want that. They need that dog to go from the five or six sheep that it spends time with to go back into the felt as it gets familiar with the sheep and what's required of it, and it goes from five sheep to 300 sheep and protects them. Okay? The, 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 the next to that pen, there was a little section cordoned off, probably from that back wall, 
to maybe as far as this wall here, probably uh, three and a half, four meters wide, and a few trees there. And in that little section was a little buck that had been hurt and was actually put into that place to, to be um, rehabilitated. And I felt the Lord say to me this morning, and that's what happens when we come together, the leaders and the common group leaders and our togetherness. What happens is we, we, we start to smell like one another. We smell like the sheep. We smell like God's people in our hanging together. But also, the other areas that are cordoned off, there are people that are sitting here that are hurting, that are broken. And there's an animal hospital there's a hospital here, spiritually, that you come and you sit. And without us doing anything, God moves and he starts to heal and restore people. What I'm saying is as we come together and we break bread this morning, you need to understand that God can move very powerfully to get to the very core of our being to bring healing and restoration. And then that other little buck that's, that's, uh, was in that little side field or side section we need to be rehabilitated so that we can actually be put back out into the field. You see, God wants you and I to get healed, restored, rehabilitated so that we can actually go back out into the field and serve the purposes of God. So we, we want to get people restored, rehabilitated, and we want people to go back out into the field to serve the purposes of God. So this is a powerful moment as we come together for God to do something in our midst. Do we have faith? Do we believe for that? Do we trust for that this morning? Are you with me this morning? All right. Okay, so what we're going to do is I want to chat about us feasting at the Lord's table this morning. And I just want to run through this because I believe this is a powerful moment that God, by His Spirit, is going to move with us I believe God is going to do something significant in the hearts and lives of the men and women that are here. And uh, we've got to have faith and trust for that. So we're going to talk about feasting at the table with the Lord. This is the Lord's Supper. And so as Christ followers, you need to know there are two ordinances that we, that we hold on to. And that is helpful for us as a church. The first thing that we believe is very important for us as Christ followers, when you get saved... The one thing that we do need to do is we need to always encourage the saints to get water baptized. It's very important. We heard that this morning. Um, when, when you get saved, you need to get water baptized. And maybe the purpose here this morning would be that if you, if you haven't been water baptized, you say, hey, listen, I need to make a plan to get water baptized urgently. Why is that water baptism important? It's a good question. And I'm going to remind you of that this morning. It says, a water baptism is the sign of an inward regeneration which is publicly displayed through being water baptized. So in other words, when a saint gets saved, there's this thing of, you know what, I identify with Jesus. My life has been shifted and changed. I now am publicly going to make a statement that I belong to Jesus. And we go through the whole teaching of water baptism being fully submerged where water is available, dying to the old, being raised in the new, and we live for Jesus. All right. The second thing is the ordinance that is very important for us as Christ followers, and this is something that we should be doing on a regular basis, is that we do the 
breaking of bread and the drinking of juice, which you can see up here. And this, for us as Christ followers, is a continuing sign of fellowship with Jesus Christ. And so um, we need to see what Scripture teaches around this. So when we come and we break bread, I love what Wayne Grudem um, writes in his book of the doctrines um, of our faith. Um, and he deals with this. So I'm going to ask if we can put up Matthew 26, verses 26 to 29. And he basically, when he starts to look at the whole process of breaking of bread, he says, we're eating in God's presence. And so it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them and saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. It's a very powerful scripture for us that is being laid here. And so what happens is Jesus institutes the breaking of bread. This is before he gets crucified. And the most powerful thing that you can see here, he's already laying a foundation of why he, he needed to be sacrificed, why he needed to be crucified. And um, very importantly, it points also to our future well-being that one day we will be with Jesus and we will be supping with him. We will be feasting with him. And when we do worship later on, you're going to see even in the words of the song, it speaks of our future with God. So it's a very powerful moment. But Scripture continues. We've got Luke and Paul who continue this tradition. So let's have a look at what Luke uh, 22 uh, verses 19 says to us. And uh, listen to what it says. And he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In fact, in that particular chapter, um, verses 18 also goes, uh, actually, verses 17 says, After taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so, again, it speaks of the future that we have with, with, with Jesus. And where, where he spoke of drinking of the cup and he spoke of breaking of the bread, Luke himself also says, Do this in remembrance of me. And look at what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. Remember, Paul got saved. And now he's following through on the tradition of what Jesus had already instituted. And he says, that which I have now learned, I'm now passing on to you. He says, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And that's it. So for me, when I look at this, um, these, these texts, it's important for us to see that as Christ followers, it's our job to continue Remembering what Jesus did for us. That's why we break bread together. It's interesting that when Paul wrote this, if you see this text a little later on, he actually goes on and he says, you guys need to examine yourselves. 
Um, he says, because sometimes what happens is we partake in a manner that is unhelpful. But if you understand the context of what was going on, they were having a meal together. Some people were meeting, having meals. Other people were working late and got there late. And by the time they got there, there wasn't food for them. They were hungry. You've got to understand the whole concept and the whole story and the context of what was going. And Paul says, you know what? You, 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 you let people come in hungry. You didn't wait for them. He says, you actually got to examine your heart. And, and you just carried on. And, and there was no genuine concern for others. And then obviously the examining of our hearts is, is that uh, when, we, when we do come and we partake of the word of God uh, or of, of, the, of the sacrament here, is that you need to know you need to be saved. Because people will come in, oh, well, they, these people are, are eating, so I'm just going to partake as well. That's not the heart of God. You need to understand that when we're taking part of this, we're taking part of something that's extremely holy. It's, it's, it's for those that are Christ followers only. And so I'm going to give opportunity this morning for people to respond to the gospel. So when we look at these scriptures, we need to see that the sacrament is a reminder of the price that Jesus paid for us. And so when we come together, in essence, we are eating in the presence of God. And so we do this with great humility, but also with joy. And I say with great humility, we come humbly before God, because if we look at what Jesus has actually done for you and I, we didn't deserve this. When you look at this, don't just see juice and bread, because it's, it's just items. This is a holy moment. It is symbolically representative of what Jesus did for you and I. It's a powerful moment. And that we come humbly, Lord, I didn't deserve this. You gave up your life for me. How many of us would give up our lives for someone else? But he gave up his life for you so that you could live if you believe and trust in him for eternity. You see, we get caught up with our human bodies here. I want to say to you, your body will die one day. You will leave the planet. But the faith and the hope that we have is that one day we will live for eternity with God like he intended originally for us. But it needs to be faith in Jesus. And then it goes on, and I love what the scripture teaches. As we eat in his presence, we come mindful of the fact that God has a future for us. In fact, Matthew 26, 26, let's see what that word says there again. It says this, and it says, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And, and with that, he says, take, eat, this is my body. And then it goes on, um, and it says, this is the cup, give thanks. And offered to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then verse 29, it says, I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. If ever you have needed to know that there is a future for us as Christ followers, there will come a time when you and I will feast at the table, at the banquet with Jesus because if you trust in him, you put your hope and your faith in him, it speaks of us having a future with him. This is important. When we come here, we need faith for today, but we also have faith for the future that we will spend time in eternity feasting with him. So, with that, I just want to highlight a few more things for us. That the meaning of the Lord's Supper is it's representative of Christ's death. 
when we look at this, the Bible speaks of his body. This is what the bread is. And for those of you who are COVID specialists, don't eat of this bread. All right, because I've just put my hands on it. All right. But we're going to break. This bread is represented. It's ripped. It represents what Jesus experienced on your behalf and my behalf. His body was beaten. It was torn to pieces by the lashes that he was receiving. His, his face was smashed to a point that he was unrecognizable. That's what the Bible teaches. You can go and read in Isaiah 52, I think from verses 10 onwards, right through into chapter 53. He was beaten beyond recognition. He was spat on. He was, he was cursed. He was mocked. So if you look at what happened to Jesus... And his body, physically and emotionally, he took what you and I deserved. He took upon himself. This is a powerful moment. That was his, his death. You and I didn't need to do that. He's done it. I often joke with the guys, like Nardis and these guys doing 109 Ks. I said, why are you doing this? Do you know Jesus already paid the price for us? You don't need to ride that far. The problem is, for some of us, we feel we've got to continue taking on stuff that God hasn't called us to take on. We need to come back to what Jesus paid for you and I. And it's simple, childlike faith, believing that. The second thing is, as we participate, we participate in the benefits of Christ's death. Uh, we, we are proclaiming the benefits of Christ's death for myself. He took my punishment. He, he, he's... In him is my healing. I have been set free from my sin. I've been set free from my past. Thirdly, there's spiritual nourishment. As food nourishes the body, some of you who haven't had breakfast, you're looking forward to having a little piece of bread this morning. And you're going, oh, the chansu lack of yes, and there's a little suppy as well. But symbolically, when we break bread, spiritually, we are being nourished this morning because we're spending time in his presence. I love um, this, this scripture. When we also come together and we break bread, it shows that there's a sense of unity as we break bread together. That's often why we say we break bread, bread together corporately, but also on a Wednesday night when we get together in our com groups, regularly we should be breaking bread. But we do this together. It's a sign of unity with one another. And so if you look at these things and you put them together, it comes together, Christ's death, we participate in the benefits of Christ's death. Our spirit is nourished. And then also it represents our unity. This becomes a powerful demonstration as we partake um, of, this, of this bread. And then you remember, Christ died for me. He paid a price for me. He sacrificed this for me. I didn't deserve this. Thank God that he was willing to do this for me. And then... When we come together and we participate in the Lord's Supper, we know that God affirms his love for us. And I haven't given this scripture through, but I'm going to read this for you. I love what Galatians 2 verses 20 says. So if you want to stick it up and you're quick enough there, you can do that. But Galatians 2 20 says the following. Is this making sense to you guys? It says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
The life I live in the body, I live by faith. Say faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you need to know that when you participate in the Lord's Supper, you know that the Lord affirms his love for you because he loved you and was willing enough to die for you on the cross so that you could be saved. Christ affirms that all blessings of salvations are reserved for us as well. And so what that means is, coming back to what I said earlier on, is that we will spend eternity with him. And we're going to feast with him. And we're going to enjoy being in his presence. And then when I participate in the Lord's Supper, we are affirming our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, this morning as we were praying, and Justin led the prayer meeting really well, I realized the scripture that had popped into my mind. Do you remember the story about Judas? What happened to him? He walked three years with Jesus. He betrayed Jesus. He didn't understand what Jesus had done for him. So what did he do? He went and hung himself. This morning, the plea of my heart to every single one of you, don't be a Judas. Run to Jesus this morning. All Judas had to do was go to Jesus and repent and seek mercy. I don't believe it would have changed the situation because God's plan needed to be fulfilled so that we could be saved. But the problem was Judas didn't understand Jesus' mission. And I felt the Lord say to me this morning as we were praying, you need to encourage the people that when they participate, participate with the mindset, Jesus, I'm running to you. And this is where I love what Wayne Grudem says, I need you. I trust you to forgive my sins and that you would bring health to my soul. It, it paints a picture that when we come together, we realize how broken and how sinful we actually are and how totally dependent and reliant we actually are on Jesus. And so I want to encourage you this morning that when we break bread, this should be something that we do with humility, with thanksgiving, and with joy, understanding what Jesus Christ did for us. And I'm going to land with a scripture which I think will be very, very helpful for us this morning. And in Romans 7 is the story about Paul. And Paul writes, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this stuff, but I want to end with something that is extremely powerful here. He writes at one point, and he says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. We were all slaves to sin until Jesus broke in. He says, I do not understand what I do. How many of us are like that? For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. How many of you are staying with this program here right now? Eh? I, I look at this and I go, oh gosh. Help me, God. He says, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. No. Now, now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, 
evil is right there with me. How many of you have found that? I want to treat my daughter well or my son well, but they do something and you burst out and you scream and you shout and you throw your toys out of the cot. Or maybe with your husband or with your wife or maybe with work colleagues, whatever the story might be. And then there's something in there that says, man, this isn't good. I, I actually didn't want to do this, but, but that which I didn't want to do, I'm now suddenly doing. And the things that I know that I should be doing, I'm, I'm not doing. And, and there's this wrestle constantly, all the time, with us. Am I the only guy that has this problem? Because you guys are looking at me, what, is this really possible? I'm just checking. <laughs> So he says, I find this Lord work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I delight in the things of God. But I see another Lord work in me, the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Listen to this. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When you come to the table this morning, come as you are. Over the years, I've had people not break bread. They say, no, but you don't understand. I, I'm so wicked. I fell in porn. I slept with another man's wife. I've stolen money. And they will point out all the stuff. And I need to get my life right first before I break bread. No. This morning I want to say to you, run to the table. Feast at the table. If you had issues with family or friends or whatever the story might be, don't you be Jesus on the cross. You come recognizing what he's done for you on the cross and say, Jesus, this morning I'm running to you. I recognize there's a war waging on or raging on within my soul, within my spirit. But this morning, I'm running to you. Because by running to you, Jesus, it says, I trust you. I believe you to heal and restore and to renew and refresh my soul, my body. And God, that you will do what you need to do as I come. I want to say to you this morning, this is a powerful moment. When you come, you come with humility. You come with thanksgiving. But you also come with a sense of joy that knowing this morning as I take of this, I present this and say, Lord, forgive me. Help me. Restore me. And I'm trusting God to do what he needs to do in our midst. I'm going to end off with this. Have you got my slide? Can you put it up? Please, thank you. There are two groups of people here this morning. You might be visiting here, been visiting here for a time. And being here doesn't make you a Christian. And I say this often. Being here doesn't make you a Christian. You need to have faith in Jesus. You've got to put your trust in Jesus. And so often you hear us say, hey, who would like to make a commitment to Jesus Christ this morning? And we, we want to pray with you. We want to take you through a prayer. And so I went and found a prayer which I thought would be quite helpful for us. And it says, Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask you for forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. 
take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. For some of you perhaps sitting here this morning, maybe you've never prayed this kind of prayer. Many of us are sitting here have come to faith in Jesus, but I don't ever want to assume that everybody is on the same page. And I want to give folk an opportunity this morning. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you this morning, would you pray with me? Let's speak this prayer out together. And if you are here for the first time, or you've been walking here for the first time, and this is going to be a prayer that you pray for the first time today, I want you to pray it with us. Not because... I'm asking you to do it, but I'm wanting you to do it because you recognize, actually, I need Jesus and I need to pray this prayer. And I want to come to faith. So on the count of three, will you join me and let's pray this prayer together. I'm inviting everybody. One, two, three. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask you for forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life. And help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. So this morning, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but I do want to ask, is there anybody here that has prayed this prayer for the very, very first time? Because by praying this prayer for the very first time, and you believe it in your heart, you would become a Christian. You would become a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Is there anybody here, perhaps, who says... I've just prayed this prayer for the very first time. Just raise your hand. Because we just want to pray with you. We want to help you in your journey. No hands? All right. Then I take it everybody is saved. All right. So the last group of people, I want you to come to the table this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team, the musos, to come up. I'm going to ask if we can maybe just send for the kids and the parents at the back. Um, they can come through if they are finished. We're going to go into a time of worship, and what we're going to do is, as the songs are being played this morning, I want you to worship, and then when you feel ready, I want you to come and partake of the bread, of the juice, and just break little pieces off. There should be enough for all of us here. Break little pieces off, and I want you to do business with God this morning as we worship Him, as we love Him, and we draw close to Him. And this is the faith that I have this morning. I believe God sovereignly and supernaturally can heal and restore and do something powerful in our lives as we come with an open heart to Him. That is the prayer of my heart this morning. And the beauty about that is, is that no man takes glory here this morning because it's business between you and God. Are we good with that? So Father, this morning, I thank you for your word. And Lord, in the simplicity of this word, I pray that you would move powerfully over our hearts and our minds. Lord, as the team leads us in song, Lord, that we, we would get revelation, illumination, Lord Jesus, of what you did for us on the cross. And Lord, that actually by us eating and feasting at the table this morning, it's just a biblical picture, Lord, that the feasts that you had in the Old Testament were times where you just wanted to spend time with your people and, and they would eat in your presence. As we partake this morning of this bread and this juice, Lord, this will be a time, Lord, where we are feasting and eating in your presence. This is a powerful moment. 
This is a holy moment. This is a time where we draw close to you, God, and you do business with each one of us. Lord, I pray that you bring revelation, illumination, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and Lord, that you will settle things in people's hearts this morning, that you've got them in the palm of your hands. God, would you come and do what only you can do this morning. And so we come with humility, we come with thanksgiving, and we come with a great sense of joy because of what you've done. We pray this in your precious name. Let's stand, come find place in the front, and when you are ready, you feel free to help yourself of the sacraments.